Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Happy Easter. I was talking to a, uh, this young man over the past few weeks just about what does it mean to um, receive the gospel, to, to become a Christian. And he's got some questions and, and he's got a, a lot of doubts. And, and one of those is just even about the, the big theme of today, which is the resurrection of Jesus. And so we've talked through uh, many things, you know, like, hey, you know, like, you know, there's all these eyewitnesses and all the things that historians look at to see if something's true or not. And, um, and we are going through that, going through, um, you know, where it happened and all the different events, uh, the other hit, hit, uh, writers in history that pointed to it. Just gone through a bunch of different stuff. And, and actually, if you, if you do the research yourself, and I won't go through everything now, man, it's, we have as much evidence to believe in the resurrection is really any historic ancient uh, event in that time period. Uh, but what makes it so hard to believe isn't so much that there's not evidence for it. What makes it so hard to believe is how unique it is, like very unique. Like it's only happened once and it's that unique. And, but some, being, something being unique does not make it untrue, but it does make it significant. Um, in fact, it is the resurrection. Christianity hinges upon the resurrection. Uh, many religions depend upon a, a teaching, a philosophy, a book, but Christianity does not hinge upon a book. It doesn't hinge upon a philosophy. It doesn't hinge upon a teaching. It hinges upon this event, this event called the resurrection. For three days, uh, hope was in the grave. For three days, faith was in the grave. Uh, for three days, Christianity was in the grave, and nobody expected it. I mean, if you have a hard time believing in it, I mean, so did the disciples. No one was around the tomb going, 10, Nine, it's going to happen any minute, guys. We're ready for this. That didn't happen. In fact, even when they saw Jesus, they're like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's floating. It says, he's, when you read um, the end of, of Matthew, uh, he's, he's ascending into heaven. It said some believed, some worshiped, and some doubted. Like he's floating in the air. Like, I don't know, man. I had a cousin did that once. Like, I don't, like, really? <laughs> so it is very unique, which makes it the most significant news. And uh, it's a game changer for all of humanity. Before Easter morning, life beyond the grave was not, was not possible. It was a hope. It was like, wouldn't it be nice if this happened? But because of Easter, that hope became a reality. Uh, Peter, one of the disciples, said it this way, blessed be the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Through the resurrection of Jesus and the mercy of God, you and I have a living hope that goes beyond the grave. It's a hope beyond imagination. It's a real hope. It's a secure hope. And it keeps getting better and better. And here's the best news. It's for you. Oh, oh, you mean like the good people who pray a lot, go to church a lot? No, no, I mean you. I mean me. I mean, I, I mean those who, who fall short, those who aren't those that they, they, they want to be. It's for you, and it's not just for your tomorrow, although that's amazing. It is for your today. If you're like me, you're like, man, hope for the future is great, but what about now? What does Jesus offer me now? I want to show you 
a story, a brief story that is right before Jesus enters Jerusalem the last time. If you're new to your Bible, uh, the, the week before uh, Easter's Palm Sunday is when he entered Jerusalem. And this event that I'm getting ready to talk to you about, the story I'm getting ready to talk to you about, is just a few days uh, before that. And I believe it's going to speak to our situation and we'll get to the heart of why you and I are striving for something better, why you and I are always striving for something better. If you're new to America, we are a striving culture. We are always trying to negotiate our circumstances. If you're like me, if maybe I'm the only one, I don't know, like it's drawn in by my circumstances. My circumstances seem to be the zenith of all truth. So if my circumstances are doing well, I'm doing well. My circumstances aren't doing well, I'm not doing well. If you ask someone how they're doing, well, they, they're doing a calculate, calculating, calculate, calculating. Are my circumstances, okay, I'm, I am good. Yeah, you're right, I am good. Are my circumstances, oh, wait a minute, I'm doing bad. Well, you're like, Brian, isn't that, way, isn't that normal? Isn't that the way we're supposed to live? Well, hey, I've got good news for you. The story we're going to say to do, I wanna to introduce to you a whole different way of living, an entirely new way of living made possible by the resurrection. And here's my encouragement. Here, actually, here's the, the story's encouragement to you today is that you need to hurry to this place. You have not one more day without living in the good of what God has for you. Which brings to me the story of a man made famous by children, misunderstood by adults. His name is Zacchaeus. And I hope that name triggers the memory of the song. You remember that song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, wee little man was he, climbed up in a sycamore tree. So you, you have been to church before. I was hoping you'd sing louder than me, but you were just, you were mirroring my, my whisper, but there's a reason why I was whispering. Luke 19, he, Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Nobody likes paying taxes. By the way, your taxes are due tomorrow. If you have not done that after you sign up for man camp or whatever you need to sign up for, do your taxes. Um, um, but nobody likes paying taxes. I don't care what your philosophy is or whatever you think about the way government should be. No one likes paying taxes, and no one likes tax collectors. Um, but this was a whole nother level of corruption. See, the Romans um, really un genuinely unfairly treated the Jewish people uh, the, very, very harshly, and, and they, they were exacting taxes from them. And they had a difficult time doing, so they had a great idea. Hey, I've got a great idea. Why don't, we get, why don't we get Jewish people to get taxes from their own people? Which, I mean, the Jewish people just, they, they resisted. They, they hated the Romans. And so, so they, they, they found other Jewish people to, to collect the taxes for the Roman government. And so whoever did this was an absolute traitor. I mean, this guy, was, I mean, this guy went on the other team uh, of the people that we really don't like. And not only that, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, which means he was like the CEO. He was like the, he had, he had employees, he had an entourage, he had people who looked up to him. 
for their, for their training. And so this guy was a whole nother level. I mean, cheating old lady. I mean, go to houses. Oh, oh, you got some change in your couch. I want that change. He was absolutely hated. This was not a good man. And this is going to be really important to understanding not only this story, but really who God is. Because if you think your relationship with God is dependent upon your performance or whether or not you've stolen something, are you a good person? Do you tell the truth? Do you, you know, do you do what you're supposed to do? And because of your performance or lack of performance, you think, man, I shouldn't even really be here. I don't really belong in church. I just have to say this is your story. Zacchaeus is your guy. He was not a good person, much less not a religious person. But according to verse three, he was seeking to see Jesus. By this point in the life and ministry of Jesus, he was wildly popular. Everybody wanted to come out and see what is Jesus going to say next? Is he going to do something spectacular? He was wildly, wildly popular. And I think this is ultimately where Zacchaeus was. Hey, I'd like to get in the mix. This is Zacchaeus. So he thinks to himself, I'm going to go check out this Jesus guy. But then account, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature, hence the song. Now, everything in the scriptures, this is going to help you, everything in the scriptures, is, it's either pointing back to Jesus directly or pointing back to who we are compared to Jesus, which when we compare ourselves to Jesus, we are all short spiritually. We, are all, we all do not measure up spiritually. Romans 3 declares, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, now, you may not like this part, but listen, we are all Zacchaeus. And while we may not want to admit this on the outside, this, we know this is true on the inside. I mean, if you've ever wondered, am I, so, am I who I'm supposed to be? Am I, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I caring enough? Am I the mom I'm supposed to be? Am I the leader am I supposed to be? Always trying to shoulder up with the other person in the room, going on. So am I doing enough? Am I saying the right things? Even now, even as you're in this message, you may be thinking like, man, I wish this guy to hurry up. I got to get out there. I got to, I'm not being the person I'm supposed to be. I've got things to do. I've got a list I got to accomplish. Zacchaeus had this thought. He's like, okay, I need to see Jesus. I need to see Jesus. And maybe they hear this people here this morning who consider themselves on the outside of Christianity, but you want to see this guy, Jesus, and you're asking, what do I got to do? Who do I got to be? How much is this preacher going to tell me I have to get up, give up in order to connect with God? Because my life is hard right now and I could use a little God in my life. But before I move forward, I need to assess what I have to do because I don't have a lot of margin. And if I have to give up too much, I just don't think I can handle that. I'm already feeling like I'm not who I'm supposed to be. I'm already feeling behind. I'm already feeling like I don't measure up. I don't need some preacher to tell me what else I have to be, what else I have to do. Can I just gently and kindly, and hopefully this will be an encouragement, that your premise is only going to mislead you. Because what I want to commu communicate to you today that makes this news so good also makes this news so easy to miss, which is you cannot earn, you cannot deserve, you cannot, you cannot merit, you cannot garner God's favor or attention through what you do and what you don't do. But this is so hardwired into the human experience that when we wonder Am I who I'm supposed to be? Am I doing enough? Am I good enough? We end up doing exactly what Zacchaeus did, and we climb trees. 
Now, Zacchaeus climbed a literal tree. We climb the tree of success. We climb the tree of family. We climb the tree of parenting. We climb the tree of religion. We climb the tree of career. We climb the tree of influence. We climb the tree of popular. We climb a tree because we know on the inside of us, we instinctively see that we are short, that we don't measure up, that we're not enough. And so we climb trees to position ourselves to connect with the, really an aching that we have for the divine. This is where Zacchaeus was. We are all made in the image of God. Every single one of us, every person on this planet was made in the image of God, which means that we all have a desire, a need, a, 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 and maybe even an unknown desire to have a relationship with a God of the universe. And so we do what Zacchaeus did is we climb trees. And this is what he thought. I'm going to position myself. Here's a sycamore tree. And sycamore trees are great because even their branches are really low, easy to climb. And I'm going to position myself just in the right place because I can see, I, I can perceive that Jesus is going to come down this way. And if I stand right here, I'm going to be in the best position to see him. And this is what you and I do. This is how you and I view Christianity. I got it. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to do well in my career. I'm going to raise my family well, and I'm going to position myself to impress God. And there are some people who think because I don't cuss, because I don't wear a hat in church, because I, I do read my Bible and I do give to the poor, that all of heaven looks down and is like, wow, look at this guy. Look at this Girl, I mean, they do everything right. I mean, they parent right, they work right, they vote right, they post on social media right. I mean, I mean, angels, come on, you got to see this one. I know he's only like four feet off the ground, but man, uh, this guy is impressive. What's the response of Jesus? Verse five. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. Maybe you've heard of a gospel that tells you to climb up, but I want to show you this morning a gospel that tells you to climb down. I want to invite you to climb down this morning and listen, you need to hurry. You need to hurry. You're climbing, you're striving, is taking you in the wrong direction, you need to climb down. Now, for some of you, this immediately scares you. I mean, you're even to think about the concept, like what are you talking about? Climb down from my tree, because I love my tree. It gives me a sense of control. You know, I've done a lot to get up my tree. I, I've disciplined myself. I've read tons of books on parenting. I, I've done all the things I need to do for parenting. I've done all the things I need to do for career. I've done all the things for money. I've kind of, I've done this right. I love my tree. I am proud of my tree. One day, I think I'm gonna write a book about my tree and how you can uh, impress God. and. What are the symptoms of being in a tree? This gnawing sense, do people respect me? Do people care about me? Do people love me? Do people see me? Am I enough? Does God see me? Am I enough? Religion comes along and says, yeah, you need to climb up, you need to climb up a tree. Secular ideology tells you to climb up a tree. Do better. Be better. Pick your genre. They all tell you to climb up. Jesus and Jesus alone tells you to climb down. And listen, he says, hurry. Now, this is significant because Jesus never says to hurry. Jesus seems like he's never in a hurry. But he says, hurry. You've got not one moment to waste. 
living the way that you're living. Well, if I come down, what's going to happen? Well, I'm going to eat at your house. Really? That's it? That's all you got? There's a difference the way, there's a difference between what we value and God value. God value, we value trees, climbing, accomplishment, morality, escapism. Jesus values relationship. We value what we do. He values who we are. For he declares, for what will it profit a man if he climbs the tallest tree yet forfeits his soul? How many trees do you have to climb before you've done enough? How much money do you have to make? How many likes on Instagram is it going to take? You ever wonder why you're tired? Not just tired in your body, but tired in your soul. It's because we are the culmination of the trees that we climb. Jesus says, come to me. All who labor and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. So you need to come down from your tree. and You need to hurry. Because Jesus says, I could see that you have a tight grip on the here and now. But you have no grip on your soul. Because we are so convinced that it's the trees that are going to save us. But Jesus says, hurry, come down from your tree because I will save you. Come down from your tree because I will climb it for you. I'll climb that tree. I'll be nailed to the tree. I will be lifted from the earth and I will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. I will take your condemnation. I will take your shame. I will take your sense of inadequacy. I will take your wrong, your sin, your error. I will take all the ways that you do not measure up, known and unknown. I will take it all in my body. Just come down from that tree because I have climbed it for you. I will do for you what you cannot, cannot do for yourself. And just a couple weeks from this moment with Zacchaeus, Jesus will in history be hung from a tree and on a hill called Golgotha. And he will cry out in his native tongue, Eloi, Eloi, lama sakmaktani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the climax moment in history on the cross, God rejected his own son so that he could accept you, so that your resume, your righteousness would no longer depend upon the trees that you climb, but the man who climbed them for you. So your life would no longer be defined by climbing and striving, but resting and receiving. So hurry, hurry, hurry down that tree. No more striving, not one more day of striving, not one more day anxiously wondering, am I good enough? Do I measure up? The shortcut. The answer to the, on the back of the book is the answer is you don't measure up. 
you'll never get there. You'll never climb high enough. But there is one who can. There's only one who can. There's only one without sin. There's only one without wrong. There's only one who measures up. There's only one who was who he was supposed to be. He was the goat who became a lamb, a sacrificial lamb. He who became no, he who knew no sin became our sin, became our inadequacy so that we could have the righteousness of God. And the story ends in verse eight. He says, and Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, behold, half of my goods I give to the, the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house. In front of all of his friends, in front of all of his employees, in front of everyone who would have said, this guy is the man. He died to his old life and he let Jesus resurrect a new one. Because you may read in that and think, oh, well, this is what you, this is how you become a Christian. This is how salvation comes to my house, is I just give away a lot of stuff. I give up stuff and I give away money and I do this and, and I earn my way. No, 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 that's not what it is. That's not what he's doing here. What does it mean to be a Christian? He is in front of his friends, in front of his employees, denouncing his old way of life. He is, I am climbing down from my tree. I am no longer the captain of my ship. I am no longer the leader of my life. I am denouncing my old life where I was in charge and I am receiving this new one in Christ where he is in charge. So I'm coming down from my tree because I know he climbed for me. He took our sin in his body. He was buried, that's important. He went to the grave. He took our sin with him to the grave. And when he rose to new life, here's the best part of Easter. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. And this is for everyone. Brian, not me. I've done too much. I've strayed too far. I am a lost cause. Hey, Jesus specializes in lost causes. In fact, he, he says, Jesus gets the last word in the story. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost causes. You see, Jesus died the way he lived with his arms wide open. His arms are wide open to you, to anyone who would receive. But you gotta climb down. You gotta climb down. Not one more day, not one more moment. Blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, 
He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Why don't you stand? for us. Jesus, we thank you for climbing on that tree. Jesus, we we see that Lord, our, our, our lives are just are full of they just point to this fact that we have something missing. Behind everything is this desire to to connect and see the divine, to have someone notice us, to have someone affirm us, to have someone show us the way. God, we but God, we see that it's not through us climbing tree. It's through you have climbed the ultimate tree for us. So those of us who who do wrong, who say wrong, who think wrong, who don't measure up, who aren't who we're supposed to be, can still have righteousness and, and peace and joy that we don't deserve, that we can't earn, that we can't merit, but you just give to us. And as we trust in you, Lord, we see that we have this, this peace in all of our circumstances. Lord, circumstances, we used to be defined by our circumstances. We used to be defined by how we're doing. God, Lord, we're defined by who you are, what you've done. If you, just, if you want this gift, this gift of, of salvation that changes your today and goes on forever. You just, it's as simple as this. You, you come down from your tree, you denounce your old way of living and receive a brand new way of relating to God, relating to people, which is not based upon what you do. It's not based upon who you've made yourself to be, but it's based upon what Jesus has done for you. If you've never have received Jesus, I wanna invite you to do that. Or maybe you have, and like me, you're just so tempted to climb back up that tree over and over again. It would be reminded once again, that he really has done it all. That he did it for us. So Jesus, I just want to turn from a life of, of climbing trees and trust in the tree that you climbed for me and that 
you rose from the dead and in this new life I live, I now live by you and through you. Not by my own works, but trusting, resting, and receiving your grace.